Is everybody ready for Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if, you, if you are, raise your hand. I'm ready to eat it. One, two. Now I know which houses to go to. So I'm coming to yours. <laughs> if you hear a knock on the door on Thursday, you'll know it's me. Don't run and hide and be quiet either. So, all right. First Chronicles chapter 16, starting in verse 8. Well, let's go to verse 7. That day, that day, David first appointed Ashbeth and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgment are in the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree. To Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as a portion you will inherit. When they were but, a, but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them sing among the nations. The Lord reigns. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Isn't that great that we are to praise the Lord, to give thanks to the Lord? <clears throat> but I have a question for each one of us this morning. And the question is this. Why should we give thanks <coughs> to God? For when we look at what happened in the elections a few weeks ago and what's happening in our state with all the fires and the homelessness and all the mess that's going on, 
and we see what's happening in the world around us, that many people don't have much to be thankful for this year. Even though it seems that we who live in the wealthiest country of the world, we have such a hard time this year to be thankful. Thankfulness seems to be a lost art today. Edward Spencer was a terrific swimmer who lived in Illinois and attended Northwestern University. And he was part of a safe, a life-saving squad. At 2 a.m. on September 8, 1860, the steamboat ship named Lady Elgin was carried over 300 passengers on a sightseeing trip from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to Chicago, Illinois. But the sightseeing trip was never completed. Because of the weakened hull, the ship boilers and the engine quickly began to tear apart that weakened hull, and all at once passengers began to find themselves in the icy waters of Lake Michigan. Most of those 300 passengers and crew died on that dreadful early morning. But Edward Spencer, being on a, the local life-saving squad, Spencer swam again and again into those frigid waters of Lake Michigan to rescue 18 people that were on the Lady Elgin. In the process of this rescue, Edward Spencer's health was permanently damaged. Edward would never walk again. He would never finish his studies at the universities. And on February 8, 1917... At his funeral, not one of those 18 people was said to never have thanked him for saving their lives. So the question this morning, why should we give thanks to God? Well, to answer that question, let's, let's see what scripture says. I think that's a good place to go, don't you? Let's see what Scripture says, and Scripture is going to give us five reasons to give thanks to God, not just during the Thanksgiving season that we're in, but at all times. First one that we, first reason, because giving thanks to God is a choice. To be thankful means that we have to choose to be thankful. Being thankful is a choice that we make or we don't make. James writes in chapter 2 in the message translation this. You can't pick and choose in these things specializing in keeping one or two things in God's law and ignoring the others. David writes in Psalm 7, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Psalm 30, David says that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will give thanks forever. He says also in Psalm 35, I will give you thanks in the great assembly among throngs of people. I will praise you. When we choose to have that attitude of thankfulness, it keeps us from being ungrateful. For when we choose to be ungrateful, many times it leads us to selfishness. And selfishness oftentimes leads us away from God. The concept of giving thanks to God did not originate with those pilgrims in 1610. The concept of giving thanks to God is all throughout God's word. And we see it as it begins in Exodus chapter 23. 
And I'll let you read that to find out about it. But Thanksgiving is closely associated with the Feast of Tabernacles that Exodus talks about. That was celebrated every year following the harvest and thanking God for the harvest and His grace and His goodness. Even though we've been taught that the first American Thanksgiving occurred in 1621, when a group of pilgrims shared a feast with those friendly Indians. But really, the first American Thanksgiving took place in Virginia. But it wasn't a feast in that winter of 1610 in Jamestown there, when that population had been reduced from 409 settlers to only 60. Those survivors prayed for help, and without knowing when it was going to happen or not, they prayed, but when help arrived in the form of a ship filled with food and supplies from England, the time of prayer was held, and a time of giving thanks to God for His goodness with those 60 individuals together. Those individuals in 1610 could have looked at the situation two different ways that day. They could have been focused on the negative that was all around them, all the people that were dying, the ones who were sick, the hardship of survival and questioning, why is this happening to us? Don't we do that too sometimes? But instead, the people then focused on what God had done for them and chose to give Him thanks. Don't we do that too? So giving thanks is a choice we make, and even in those difficult times we find ourselves in, in we need to choose to give thanks. David the shepherd boy, and then as King David, he was thankful to God, but didn't come because David was a super spiritual person, but rather it was David choosing to be thankful to God in those verses that we read earlier out of Psalms. We give thanks to God, secondly, because God is near us. Psalm 75 says, we give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks that your name is near. As Gordon Jensen sat down at the piano one day, he wrote these words. In the very thought of Jesus, his presence can be found. He's as close as a mention of his name. There is never any distance between my Lord and me. He's as close as a mention of his name. In my hour of struggle, so many times I have found he's as close as a mention of his name. Just to breathe the name of Jesus can turn everything around. He's as close as the mention of his name. Hebrews 13 tells us, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Jesus is as close to us as the mention of his name. We all know that we serve a God that is with us in the good times and the bad times. Amen? As I was watching the Carruthers Blue Raiders on Friday night, this thought came to me. When I watch any sporting event, be it baseball, basketball, soccer, or football, I see people cheering for players of their favorite team. Both young and old are cheering and screaming their heads off. And as I was watching that football game on Friday night, 
and soccer on some Saturday morning. God dropped this into my heart. And the thought was this. Not everybody is happy at these games. But they are still cheering and praising the team that they love. When that quarterback would throw a good pass, they would thank him for doing a good job. And the same thing at the soccer field or on the basketball court or the baseball field. But the point is this, people with problems in their life would praise and thank a team who can't even hear them cheering and screaming their heads off. All the players hear is noise and noise coming from the stands. But God, God hears our things. And if people with all the difficulty that's in our lives can praise other people for hitting a ball or catching a ball or throwing a ball or kicking a ball, then we today who call ourselves followers of Jesus should be able to give thanks to God because God is good. At the beginning of Psalms 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And in all of those 26 verses of Psalms 136, if you would turn there and read it, and I hope you do at some point, it will say, for he is good, his love endures forever. When we see the world, the word good here, it means that God loves us. God's love includes his mercy, his faithfulness, and his kindness to us. Because of his mercy, we are forgiving. Because God is faithful, we can trust him. We can be assured that what God starts in our lives, he will finish it. In the mid-1800s, Scottish minister Alexander White was known for his uplifting prayers in his church. For he always found something for which to be grateful for. <coughs> One Sunday morning, the weather was very gloomy. And one man of church member that came that gloomy Sunday morning thought to himself, certainly the preacher won't think of anything to thank the Lord for on a terrible day like this. But as Reverend White began to pray that morning, he said, We thank thee, O God, that all the days are not always like this. God is good to us. And we can always find something that comes our way to be thankful for in every situation, in every circumstance we find ourselves in. Because God is good and he will never fail us. We give thanks to God because God gives us the victory. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God is in the business of complete victory in our lives. Everywhere Jesus went when he was on the earth, he brought victory. And that hasn't changed now that the Holy Spirit is on the earth. And God is still in the business of complete victory in our lives, in your life, in my life, if we choose to let him he will give us the victory. Because of Jesus' death and his resurrection, 
you and I can have victory in this life, no matter what happens, and in the life to come, when God calls us home. When Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected on that third day, Jesus had defeated Satan, and he had stripped Satan of all of his power. And so we have the power through Jesus Christ to defeat the enemy when he tries to come in our lives and try and take that victory away from us. But in order to defeat the enemy, we need to be continually in prayer. We need to be encouraging others every day. We need to be daily reading God's word and applying his word to our lives. And daily thanking God that the victory is ours. We give thanks to God because God leads us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we read these words. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now wherever we go, he uses us to tell others about the Lord and to spread the good news like a sweet perfume. When we allow God to use us, God will lead people into our lives. God will lead us as we read his word daily. God will bring us direction and guidance into our lives when we surrender ourselves to him and we seek him with our whole hearts and we thank him for what he's doing. You know that every time we leave our homes, even when we left our homes this morning, that God is leading us and showing us to the world so the world can see that God can change anyone who is willing and desiring to be transformed into his likeness. For when we choose to thank God, we open ourselves to God's direction and his leading in our lives. In Budapest, a man goes to the rabbi and complains, Life is unbearable. There is nine of us in one room. What can I do? He asks. The rabbi answers, Take your goat into the room with you. The man is puzzled, but the rabbi insists, Do as I say, come back in a week. A week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than before. We cannot stand it, he tells the rabbi. The goat is stinky and filthy. The rabbi then tells him, go home, let the goat out, and come back in a week. A radiant man returns to the rabbi a week later saying, life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute because there's no goat, only nine of us. The point of this whole message this morning is to show that we can be thankful no matter what our circumstances may be. For we need to develop thankfulness in our lives so we can thrive in these five areas. That giving thanks is a choice. That God is near to us. That God is good to us. That God does give us the victory. And that God does lead us. But we also must choose. We will never experience God fully if we are not thankful people. Because not being thankful will produce ungratefulness 
and ungratefulness leads to selfishness, and selfishness leads to being away from God. We must today make it our choice, not just because it's the Thanksgiving week and we're in the Thanksgiving season, but we must experience all that God has for us all year long, from this Sunday till next year at this same time. We must be thankful people because he has done so much for us. Let's pray. Father, you have been so good to us. You have blessed us beyond measure. Just by sending your son to die in our place on that cross. God, that was more than enough. You could have just done that and not done anything else for us. And that would be enough. Lord, we're thankful today that you have done so much more than send your son to die in our place. You have given us homes to live in food on our tables, jobs, loved ones, family members, friends, a country that we can be free in. Community that joins together. Church family who loves one another who strives, Lord, to serve you the best we can. So, Lord, this morning, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Lord, may we choose today, may we choose tomorrow, to be thankful again. Not just on Sundays we gather in your house, but Lord, may we be thankful every day of our lives for what you've done for us, what you're going to do for us. We don't know what's around the corner, Lord, but we trust in you. And we know that you're going to work all things out for your glory, for your honor. We know that full well. And so, Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks today. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 You are